filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Caligiuri. What is going on, you guys? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where every single week I'm condensing a book down to its core golden nuggets for you. So this week, guys, I got to go into a little bit of detail first before I break into the book. But the book we're talking about is When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times by Pema Chodron. Now, I have a friend who's going through some really difficult times right now. And I wanted to pick up a book, as I usually do, because books have so much knowledge in them. And so I wanted to find a book that I could give to this person that would help them when they're going through this tough time. So obviously reading the headline of this book, the title of the book, When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times, I figured this would be a perfect book. But of course, I'm not just going to put a book in someone's hands without reading it first. So when I look at this book and I read the uh, abstract on it, you know, it's a collection of talks that uh, Pema Chodron gave um, over a number of years. And the book is a collection of those things. And the book is um, touted as a treasury of wisdom from going on when living, when we are overcome by pain and difficulties. So when you're putting that in front of me, I'm pretty excited to read the book because I like this stuff. No, I love this stuff. I really do. You know, life by itself is a mental game, man. It's a mental game. And you got to learn how to play the game. And you got to learn how to control your own mind, your own emotions. And any book that's going to help me understand that better, or any book that I can read that I can share with you that will help you understand that better, then I'm all for it. Super disappointed with this book, though. Incredibly disappointed with this book. Uh, I went through it page by page. And unfortunately for uh, Pema, I think that she's a little bit out of touch with the real world. You know, she's a Buddhist monk. Um, You know, she's been a Buddhist monk for many decades now. And I think, unfortunately, she's got caught up in all the dogma of Buddhism. Now, listen, if you're reading this book and you convert yourself to Buddhism, all the power to you. Fantastic. Then this book was exactly what you needed. But for the most part, most of you listening and most of you reading this, you're not going to be converting to Buddhism anytime soon. And so you're not really looking for this Buddhist dogma to help you through tough times. I want real advice. I want real things that I can use to get me through some tough times. Now, I'm serious about this. I can't stand it when people put out books or have headlines for books that don't necessarily say what the book is about. You know, I might be uh, in a really tough, tough time myself. You know, I might be having tough financial problems or I might be considering suicide or, you know, I, I could be going through a number of different problems and I might want to pick up this book and this book might be the thing that helps me from jumping off the ledge, so to speak. I don't feel that book is this. And I feel that the advice in this book is, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I, I, I'm just not a big fan of this book. So you might be wondering, why should I tune in and listen to the rest of this? Well, you got to tune in because I'm going to take the golden nuggets from this book. I'm going to apply, you know, my years of, uh, you know, studying world religions, my years of uh, understanding philosophy, my years of going through my own hardships. I'm going to share with you some stories. And with that, I hope that I can add a little bit of value in the context of this book. I wouldn't recommend you pick up this book, though. Definitely wouldn't recommend it. Unless, of course, 
you're considering um, Buddhism or you want to understand Buddhism at a different level, then by all means, pick up this book. But if you are going through some tough times, whether it's financial times, um, times where you know your health or your family's health or your friend's health is going through some tough times or financially hard times or you lost your job and you're really looking for advice, this book is not the one for you. I'm sorry. Despite that, I think I can add some value in this episode. So that's what I'm going to do. So stick with me, guys. I promise by the end of this episode, I'll give you something of value that you know, we can use and sort of frame within the golden nuggets from this book. All right. So let's crack right into this. You guys, I'm a little bit fired up. So maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. But anyways, let's go right into this one. When things fall apart, heart advice for difficult times by Pema Chodron. Golden nugget number one, gain incredible self-knowledge by embracing your fears. I completely agree with this. You know, Pema is spot on about this point. The whole idea of fear controlling us can be very scary, very scary, because if you allow fear to control yourself, you never truly progress in life. You never truly take those risks, take those leaps and do the things that you know you need to do. One of my mentors back in the day, many, many years ago, once told me that when you conquer your fears, it's going to take you up another stage in life. And so you need to look at fears as opportunities rather than things to be scared of. By embracing your fear, rather than just avoiding anything that scares you, it'll allow yourself to better understand yourself, understand your personality, understand some of your strengths. It'll allow you to uncover and release a lot of the greatness that you have with inside you. There's so many things that scared me. I was terrified of public speaking, terrified of it, and yet I continued to do it. And when I do public speaking, I always get people coming to me afterwards and they thank me. They say, thank you so much. It's inspiring. It's educational. You know, you're a really great public speaker. Me personally, I feel like I have a lot to improve on. But when people listen to me, they like to hear me speak. And so that's a part of me, a part of Ryan, that is something that's great about me. But if I had just listened to my fear and allowed my fear to control me, I would have never done that. I would have never been able to affect a number of people, educate a number of people, make changes in people's businesses and people's lives. I'm not a motivational speaker, but I'm somebody who speaks with inspiration. You know, I talk on all things business from marketing and sales, innovation, strategy, like you, you guys already know. And so I'm very excited about those things. And so I get people excited about them as well. So the same thing for you. What are you truly afraid of? Are you scared of taking that promotion because you don't know what's on the other side of that promotion? Are you afraid of leaving that relationship because you're scared of what might happen? Are you scared of getting into that relationship because you're scared of what might happen? Are you scared of accepting that new job in a different city because you're scared of what might happen? You can't allow fear to control your life. And I'm going to tell you right now, just by taking that extra step, that doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to experience pain. You very likely will experience pain. You don't think I've got up on stage sometimes and screwed up, went blank? Yep, sure as hell happened to me. I continue to move on. And you as well, too. You have to embrace your fears to get a better understanding of yourself. Who are you? Uncover yourself. But you never truly allow yourself to be uncovered unless you follow up on those things that frighten you. You as an individual, you will gain strength. You will gain courage. You will gain confidence by every single experience in which you really stop. You look at fear and you say, listen, I've done this before and I'm going to do it again. And you just move forward. Those kind of experiences, they'll help you in life. 
it's funny when I started to um, to get going in my career and I started to be a consultant and I started to work with different organizations, I always doubted myself and I said, you know, am I really good enough? Can I really do this? And so what I did was I just took a post-it note, just a small little post-it note, regular size that I wrote on it. And I wrote all the experiences that gave me confidence, the things that I was terrified to do, but I did them anyways. And they turned out to be great. And so what I did was I just, you know, took a pen, wrote down on that sticky note, every single thing that I did that was, I was afraid of. But at the very end, I was so proud of myself that I did because I learned something about myself. And I wrote those, all, th- all those things down. I folded it up and I put it in my wallet. So whenever I get on a flight to, you know, do a new speaking engagement or I get on a flight to go to a new client engagement, I would pull out that sticky note when I was feeling that fear and I would look at it and I would say, yeah, this was a time where I was really scared and I overcame it and look how good my life is because of that. And I remember I was terrified about this and look how good my life is now because of it. I remember how scared I was this. I almost didn't do this, but I did it. And now look how good my life is. Look at all the things that came out of it. And so you need to really lean back on those experiences that you've had in your life no matter how big or how small, to help propel you, to help motivate you to move past your current fears. This is just a little tool, a little technique that I use. And you know what, guys? I don't need this anymore because now I have so many examples of experiences where I've gone through fear and I've come out better on the other side because of it. And so I don't need that sticky note anymore. But you might be in a position where you don't have a lot of experiences to pull from. And you know what? Give this sticky note a try. Put all your experiences, all the things that you were afraid to do, but you did them anyways and you overcame them and your life was better as a result of it, write that down very briefly, point form and a sticky note, fold that up, put it in your wallet, put it in your purse. And anytime you feel you need a little bit of courage, pull that out. It's definitely going to help you. You know, as I wrap up this golden nugget, something I never forgot was a quote from Nelson Mandela where he said that he learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but it was the triumph over fear. And that brave men, brave women are not those who don't feel afraid, but it's those men and women who conquer that fear. I'm always afraid to do things. I'm always afraid to get up on stage. I'm always afraid of starting up a client engagement and screwing it up. That fear exists. However, I work in spite of it. And you need to learn to do that as well. So I got to thank Pema for bringing that up and uh, allowing us to really cover something that's very important. The importance of moving past fear. Golden nugget number two. And this is where I start to disagree with her on some of her philosophies. But golden nugget number two is hope has a negative impact on our lives. Now, I immediately disagree with this one because any tough time that I've gone through, hope has always gotten me through. But not just hope alone. It's hope, effort, and mentors. Those three things have gotten me through very difficult times. Now, before I get into you know my philosophies, I want to give her an opportunity to share her philosophies. And in the book, she talks about the idea that hope can be a very negative thing for us because um, hope can make us fearful of the future, can be, make us very anxious about the future. And despite having hope, it might lead us to being disappointed in the future. While all that might be true, that doesn't necessarily mean that hope is a bad thing. And she really lost me when she got on this because she started to bring in, you know, the Buddhist dogma that I was talking about. She started talking about, you know, the word for hope in Tibetan is Rewa and the word for fear is Dopka. And when you combine the two, hope and fear, you have the word Redoc. And in Redoc, you know, we're caught between hoping that we'll achieve greater things and the fear of how our failure will do or might reflect on us. And, you know, in the end, I, I don't find a lot of value out of that. I really don't. You know, that to me doesn't mean anything. To me, what's going to help me get through tough times is hope. Hope has always gotten me through tough times. And I don't want you to think that hope is is meaningless. 
You need hope. Again, a philosophy of mine that I've shared on multiple occasions. If you're fans of the podcast, then you know what my philosophy is in life in terms of getting through tough times. But it's that life is not happening to me. Life is happening for me. So when I go through tough times, I look at those tough times as stepping stones. Listen, I need to find something here. I need to find something within this difficult time to get me through this next point in time. You know, you might be going through debt or you might be going through a health scare or you might be going through a relationship problem. Whatever it is, you have to have hope that you're going to get through it. But to me, hope is not enough. You can't just hope your way through things. If I just hoped my way through things, I wouldn't be anywhere today. You need effort. You need strategies. You need a plan of attack. And so I've always had an approach, an approach to getting out of debt, an approach to getting through a difficult uh, relationship problem, an approach to getting through a health problem. You need to have approaches. You need to give effort to those things. Because if you just sit there in your chair all day and you hope and pray and wish that things get better, nothing's going to get better. I mean, you might get lucky and things might get better, but reality for most of us, the only way you're going to get out of things is if you get yourself out of them. You can't just sit in that hole and look up and say, man, I hope someone throws me a rope one day. No, screw that. You got to do what you can to climb out of that hole. And so you need to put plans in place. If you're in debt, you need to put plans in place to try to generate more revenue. What skills do you need to learn? What jobs can you go get? What consulting gigs can you get in order to get out of debt? What can you sell? What can you buy and then sell for a greater profit? Like you have to start thinking about those things. In relationship problems, you know, you can hope that things get better, but at the same time, you might need to put things in place such as therapy. You might need to make more of an effort to put down your phone and take out your wife, take out your husband on dinner dates. You know, you guys might have been married for 20 years and you know, I don't know if this thing's going to work out anymore. No, you have to go back to the beginning. Start dating your wife again. Start dating your husband again. You know, if you're going through health scares, don't just hope and pray that things are going to get better. Go to the doctor. Go to somebody who knows better. Go to somebody who can treat you. Focus on the type of foods, the type of um, strategies that can help heal your body. You know, maybe you're going to be looking at fasting as a way to heal, heal your body. Maybe you're going to be looking at different foods you can use to heal your body. But you have to make an effort, you guys. You can hope, but combine that with effort. And not only that, but combine that with a mentor. Somebody who's been there and done that. Somebody who can give you very specific advice in terms of what they did to get through those problems. If you have those three things, hope, effort, mentors, you can get through some very difficult times in life. I know they've helped me, and I can guarantee they'll help you. Golden nugget number three. Celebrate the fact that you're going to die. Celebrate suffering and celebrate the fact that you can get rid of your ego. So again, I don't think this is what you need to be telling someone whose life is falling apart. Why is this relevant to somebody who's fall- whose life is falling apart? To me, I think you need to take a different approach. This book, it goes in and tells us the idea of what she calls impermanence is that the, it's the essence of life. The idea that we're not going to be here forever that it helps us to embrace the fact that we're not here forever. And it helps us to embrace every single day, wake up and hustle, wake up and do what we want to do. Take those risks. Don't allow those fears to get in front of us. Listen, I completely agree with that. That kind of philosophy, that kind of teaching, I am 100% on board. But again, the context of that message with the title of the book, uh -uh, they don't match up. I'm not going to give this type of book to someone whose life is already falling apart. The next piece, the idea of suffering. Yes, the idea of suffering. Suffering is, um, you know, you don't know pleasure until you have suffering in your life. I completely agree with that as well, too. And, you know, that might be a message for somebody who's going through some tough times. It'd be like, listen, 
You're going through some tough times now, yes, but guess what? You know, the storm, all storms, they do pass. You know, and this by itself, again, another philosophy of mine can come into play here. This is not a setback. This is a setup. I was just sitting down with a friend of mine. Um, I used to work with her many, many, many years ago. And she uh, has been working at this organization for about 15 years. And the organization just let her off over the phone. You know, she was taking care of her, her parents who aren't doing very well right now. Her dad just had a stroke. And uh, so she took some time off to take care of her dad and be with her family. And the company, who, which is going through some really tough financial times, um, they laid her off in a, you know, a, a very tasteless fashion. You know, they gave her a call and said, you know, thank you so much for your 15 years of service to this organization. And the company by itself is 20 years old. So she's pretty much been there since the beginning. And they just laid her off. And so now not only is she having difficulties with finances, difficulties with her parents and their health, but now she's worried about, you know, how am I going to find a new job? You know, so I sat down with her. I said, let's sit at Starbucks and let's, let's chat. Let's see what we can do and, and see if I can do something to help you. So we sat down, we talked. And again, I wanted to make sure that she had hope for the future, hope that things are going to get better. And she did believe that. But not only that, but again, going back to the last golden nugget, I helped her, you know, as a mentor almost. And she's, she's much older than me. Despite that, I can help her with connections. I can help her with uh, opportunities I'm going through. I can help her with advice. You know, she's thinking about starting up her own business. And so she's making an effort to get out of things, but she has hope that things are going to get better. I completely agree with that. But the suffering that she's going with right now, the tough times, these things just don't last. And so you need to go through the suffering in order to appreciate the good times. And I agree with that. And the last one, the idea of egolessness, losing your ego and not having an ego. I agree with that too. I mean, that's important. You know, by embracing this idea that she calls egolessness, um, you know, it allows us to accept things as they come. It allows us to put our own opinions, our own beliefs aside, and it allows us to listen, to be curious, to want to explore. It allows us to have an open mind to different perspectives. And to me, because, you know, I grew up um, in the martial arts and I believed in this idea of no mind. So I like to keep an open mind to everything. And so I try to uh, remove my ego as much as possible. And as difficult as that might be, and as almost impossible as that is to remove ego from all things, um, you have to make an effort to do that in order to approach life um, in a more open-minded fashion. You know, so these ideas of celebrating, um, you know, impermanence, celebrating suffering, celebrating egolessness, um, you know, she believes that if we're able to do this, it helps us to understand life better. And um, I don't disagree with her. I think that she's bang on with all those things. However, again, in the context of this book, depending on where someone's at in life, if their life is falling apart, I don't know if I'd necessarily be sharing this with them. I don't know. Maybe I'm off base. Maybe I'm wrong. You guys let me know. Get on Twitter. Let me know. Get on LinkedIn. Let me know. Hit me up on Facebook. Let me know what you guys think. Am I off base? Uh, if I am, that's fair. That's fine. But again, when I read this book and I'm considering the person and what they're going through, I, I can't give this book to them at this point in time because I think that these things, um, I don't know if they'll necessarily help all that much. And last but not least, golden nugget number four, use meditation to get you through difficult times. Now, again, I don't disagree with Pema on this. I agree with her. The problem is it's the practice. It's how you're meditating that I disagree with. Like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, I think she's a little bit out of touch because as a Buddhist monk, you have a very different approach to life and how you view life as opposed to if you're like us. We have jobs you know, we either have kids or responsibilities. We got to drive the kids to uh, soccer practice or hockey practice or ballet or jazz or whatever it is they're doing. 
We have bills to pay. We have family to take care of. You know, we have chores around the house and they need to be done. And we have so many of these things that just take up our time. And so, you know, when she starts giving me examples of uh, using Tongan and the idea of breathe in the urges that you're experiencing, even if it makes you feel embarrassed or ashamed, and then breathe it out again with a feeling of creating space and freedom for yourself. And those things, I mean, it's just, it's not very practical is what I'm trying to say. I get where she's coming from with that. I really do. And for her, I'm sure that works great. And for people who have dug deep into Buddhism and they're really deep into that, I agree. I think that probably works for them. But I have a feeling, my intuition tells me that this is not going to work for the rest of us. For the rest of us, we need more practical things to help get us through some difficult times. If we're faced with a great deal of stress, what can we do to help relieve that stress? So some things that I've done and things that I've recommended my clients and friends and family do when they're going through really stressful times, I'll give you a few things here. And one of the easiest things to do is go to the gym, go to the gym. Now I know that might not sound very exciting or very extravagant, but going to the gym allows you to really get those stresses out. You know, you get the heart pumping, the lungs are moving, you're sweating, you're feeling good about yourself. And this by itself is a natural stress reliever. When I was going through really tough times, Things got worse when I didn't go to the gym, but things started to turn around when I went to the gym. My mentality changed, and that is such an important piece to uh, dealing with stress, dealing with difficult times. Another thing you can do, if you're not big into the gym, go to yoga. I love yoga. I love hot yoga especially because it just, again, it gives me an opportunity to get into a dark room, stretch, sweat, be in a very calm state, in a very calm environment, and it makes me feel good. It allows me to escape from the craziness of whatever it is I'm going through in life. You know, the, the music that you listen to when doing yoga and the same thing when you're in the gym, you know, put music on your ear, put podcasts on your ear. That by itself is also a release for you. I know for myself, that's a release. I love to find good music and put it on my ears and I leave the gym and I just feel so much better. And those emotions that I have leaving yoga or leaving the gym, I now bring that to my life and I bring that to the effort that I'm putting into changing my life. And all of a sudden, just things start clicking. One more thing that I found worked really well for me was um, flotation therapy or using a sensory deprivation chamber. Now, if you've never heard of that before, it might be a little bit weird as I describe it, but just Google it. It works really well. So whenever you know you want silence, you want to just escape reality for a little bit. Go and try this out. So let me tell you what it is. First off, it's a really, really big pod. And the pod is filled with a very small amount of water. And there's like thousands of pounds of salt in there. So when you get in, you just float. And you don't sink. You just sit there and you float. And so you just kind of starfish out, you know, allow your legs and arms to spread out. And you just float. And this, you close your eyes. And when you close the lid on this pod, you know, hopefully you're not... Um, claustrophobic if you're claustrophobic maybe just turn on the light or what have you but you can have music in there if you want but the idea is to block out all light and all sound so it's just silence and you sit in there and you allow your mind flow and and it's a good opportunity for you to just completely escape and let your thoughts freely flow through your mind and it's very cool what happens in there you know i kind of drift in and out of sleep when i go in there and i come out feeling just completely relaxed completely relaxed so there's three different things you can do. Again, if you're not big into meditation, and for me, when it comes to meditation, I don't sit in a cross-legged position and uh, breathe in, breathe out. I, I just don't do that. I find my meditation comes through working out at the gym or yoga or through the float tank. But 
hey, you know what? If you have a Fitbit or you have the Apple Watch or you know you have an app on your phone that reminds you to sit down and just close your eyes and breathe, hey, that works too. I have a Fitbit that tells me to breathe. You know, every you know few hours, it says just take two minutes to close your eyes and breathe. Just remembering to breathe. And I think that's cool. But for me, those three things that I shared with you, those are three things that I found really made a tremendous impact in my life. And when used in conjunction with effort and hope and mentors, tell you, you got a winning combination for starting to change your life and turn things around. All right, my friends, there we go. There's the book, When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times by Pema Chodron. That might have been hard on Pema, but, you know, when you put a title out there like that and I pick up the book and I read all these different, you know, the Tibetan word for this is this, the Tibetan word for this and this, when you bring them together, it's this, and breathe in love and exhale hate and all this stuff. It's just none of this stuff's very practical, and I don't think that this is the right kind of book for someone whose um, world is falling apart around them. I really don't. Now, not to take anything away from the book, because somebody might pick this up and become a Buddhist monk as a result of that. And if that happens, then this book was exactly what they needed. But I just think for the most part, you know, for the majority of people picking up this book, if they they wanted a book that was going to help them turn their lives around, I don't think this book was going to do it for them. So I hope that in this episode, I was able to give you some advice, give you some, you know, practical things that you might be able to use in your life if you're going through a really tough time or if you ever do hit a tough time in your life, which by the way, you're going to hit a tough time in your life. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it's going to happen. Um, you know, maybe give you some things to think about and some things that you might put into practice to help you get through those difficult times. If you guys liked this episode, please do me a favor, go on iTunes, rate and review the podcast. It would mean a great deal to me if you do. That's a wrap, my friends. I hope you guys have a fantastic week, and I will catch you back here next week with a brand new book and brand new Golden Nuggets. Have an awesome week. I love you guys. I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today. Either we heal as a team or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around, I see these young faces, and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I, uh, I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately, I can't even stand the face I see in America. 
You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that itch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that itch. We claw with our fingernails for that itch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I'll tell you this, in any fight, it's the guy who's willing to die who's gonna win that itch. And I know if I'm gonna have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now I can't make you do it. You gotta look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now I think you're gonna see a guy who will go that inch with you. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Oh,